Anything's possible, though, because, you know, Bitcoin is money, so, you know, money talk, man. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, powered by Cointelegraph. What began as a small experiment is now a rapidly expanding ecosystem. As citizens of the internet, we expect to be able to send money over the internet as quickly and cheaply as sending an email. As citizens of the internet, we demand transparency. Here, we talk about Bitcoin, Ethereum, blockchain industries, fintech, and more. But we're not experts. We're just three guys in the Bitcoin community. And adoption is the only thing that matters. to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 98. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, Hadi. Host number three, Corey. <laughs> That's host number five. Uh, yeah, there's a baby. So if you're not easily annoyed by babies, this is the episode for you. <laughs> and if you've listened to our podcast from the jump, then maybe you will have witnessed the, the, uh, the development of Ophelia's vocal cords from baby to bigger baby. <laughs> say if you're like, hey, that sounds like a deeper baby babble, uh, you'd be correct. Say something, Ophelia. Say hello to the audience. Say something. Right. She said she said Bitcoin is the shit. That's what I heard. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to run through these ads because uh, Cello's got a baby. So I'm going to run through them. So, uh, our first uh, sponsor is EscrowMyBits.com. You use EscrowMyBits.com to escrow your Bitcoin. It's pretty much self-explanatory. If you don't know what escrow is, you're probably a child. And if you are a child listening to our show, good for you for being proactive about your, your future. Um, EscrowMyBits.com is a website you use. Uh, it's three easy steps. Uh, we'll go on there, register, and then you start shopping on the internet. Uh, using an escrow service so that you know you're not going to get gypped on the product that you're either purchasing or sending to be purchased. All right. You can split the fees with the other party. If you're worried about the cost, all these things are thought out. Um, EscrowMyBits.com is a brilliant service, uh, especially if you're, if you're say you need to send a Dreamcast across the seas and you're worried that once it gets there, you're not going to get paid. If you use EscrowMyBits, uh, you don't have to be worried anymore. So somebody else has to sing. Uh, you need to escrow your shit with escrowmybits.com. There we go. And we are also sponsored by Athena Bitcoin. They make Bitcoin ATMs or BTMs if you want to be weird about it. I don't know why people say. <laughs> I don't know why people say BTM. So we, we've been using ATMs since like the 70s. Why Why switch it? Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're the number one trusted Bitcoin ATM, uh, provider in the, should I say world? In the script, right? Uh, not the world. In the United States? It's mostly Texas. (laughs) 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 No, no, they're, they're the most trusted name in Bitcoin ATMs. Um, and they're in seven other cities. Just... 
take our word for it. Download the Athena Bitcoin wallet on the App Store and Google Play, and then visit their website, athenabitcoin.com, for specific locations. And uh, we're also brought to you by their portfolio company, bitquick.co, which is a very easy and very secure and quick peer-to-peer Bitcoin marketplace where you can get Bitcoin for cash in those little three hours. Um, where there's a bank, there's Bitquick. And where there's a bank, there is a bitquick.co. We have the same jingle for everything. Yeah. And now another exciting <laughs> episode of McKibben and Saucier minus McKibben and Saucier. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. No more uh no more sweet like movie posters. We'll have to change it. He says he says <laughs> one of them. The the new uh the new dynamic cop duo. It's like it's gonna be like true crime. We just have a new couple now. <laughs> Wozniak and Resnick. Damn it, Resnick. Wozniak and Wozniak. Resnick. <laughs> that actually works. Like that actually works. Wozniak and Resnick. At it again. <laughs> Back at it again for the first time. Oh, Wozniak Wazzy. and Resnick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Wazzy? Oh, Wazzy. <laughs> Damn it, Res. It's happening again. We're actually not going to have a roundtable this episode. We're just going <laughs> to we're just going to bleed. We're going to do some terrible, terrible buddy cop stuff, and then bleed into the, uh, the interview. Yeah, yeah. Hit him with the with that theme song for the very last time, and then right. we're going to get into it. Without further ado, here is the McKibbins and Saucier theme song, and then an interview without McKibbins and Saucier. Without McKibbins and Saucier. Try to keep up, people. Babs. On tonight's episode of McKibben and Saucier. So if you if you Google blockchain real estate, these guys are they're all over the computer. They're all over the first page. They're the longtime friends of the show, and probably I, I can't speak for Corey, but they're probably our favorite group of people. We have uh, Team Ubiquity with us, Nathan and Marina. Hello. Hi. Hey. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, this is y'all's second appearance, I believe, and a lot has gone down since. So where do we start? You want to just try and give like a uh, recap on on recent news? I think like kind of what's happened since the last time we've spoken. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll, I guess uh, I'll get started, Marina. If you're cool with that, um, we've yeah. I mean, we've basically had some interesting things coming on on board. Um, I guess the biggest thing that we are really excited about is that we um, recently announced a partnership with a national title company. Uh, priority title and escrow based in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, so they're really going to be the first title company to pilot our platform. Um, we also asked the CEO uh, to join as an advisor. So we're getting that all set up um, as we're going. And, um, you know, basically they're going to be the end users. So it's going to be gonna be nice to have them on board, both as advisors as well as partners for our platform. And um, 
I guess they're going to help us with the development as well as educating our wider audience of real estate community. And then, of course, everyone else in the community who's never heard of Bitcoin. So it's uh, it's going to be nice to have some people in the community who are some, some people in the real estate industry who understand it, who can help us bridge that gap. Besides me. Besides, besides <laughs> yeah. Brina. <laughs> exactly. Um, what else? Um, we've uh, we're joining um i mean academia has been really supportive of what we're doing um as you guys are probably aware we have we were at mit twice we were at mit back in i believe may um, and then mit in october as well on a panel and um we've also um also going to be working with uh, victoria lemieux so she's actually a senior uh, public sector specialist uh she's associated with the world bank and she's actually working with uh, University of British Columbia in Vancouver, British Columbia, where I live, and um, effectively making a project. It's a, a blockchain at UBC project. So we're going to be working with them, uh, effectively collaborating on a on a research cluster on blockchain-based uh, record keeping. So if you guys want to learn more about that, it's uh, blockchainubc.ca. Yeah, uh, the World Bank on a couple episodes ago. So that's cool. Oh, right on. Fantastic. Fantastic. We're, we're going to be studied. <laughs> yeah. That's never I've always a bad wanted thing. to be part of a research. <laughs> I've always wanted to be studied. Yeah. <laughs> Under yeah, the microscope. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, quite exciting. And um, besides that, um, what else? We, I mean, Marina, if you want to start with this, you want to talk about well, Abu Dhabi. I'm excited to be a speaker at a blockchain conference in Abu Dhabi. Mm. My first speaking public speaking engagement since college. All right. <laughs> and I obviously as a real estate professional, I certainly didn't expect to be going to a blockchain conference to be speaking. Um, but I'm coming as I speak as non-techie end user, you know, person that is going to be bridging the gap between the technology and the people who are going to be using it. So I'm excited. Abu Dhabi. Yeah, that's yeah, gonna be great. Is that problem. something? Is that something that you were planning on doing? Uh, I noticed that a few of you were going to be at Bitfinity. Uh, is mm. that something you were planning on showcasing there? And then it, since that got canceled, you had to move elsewhere. Yeah, so we were supposed to be on a panel, and then Bitfinity got canceled because yeah, of was, uh, damage and flooding from Hurricane I was, Matthew. I signed up for was, that. I was, I was, I was kind of upset that 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 it played out that way. Yeah, so were we. We had some friends within the real estate industry who were going to be there, um, affiliates as well as some investors who were supposed to meet us there, but uh, we're going to be meeting them. We've been in other places. We've been invited <laughs> to so many conferences that you know we're just trying to look at the schedule and see what we can do, what makes sense. I mm -hmm. uh, I thought Abu Dhabi would be fantastic. I needed a vacation and I wanted <laughs> an adventure, and I also thought you know education is important. I'm someone who. Uh, like I said, I'm not from a tech background. I'm someone who's a layperson in the real estate industry who is going to be responsible for kind of teaching the old school <laughs> industry that I'm in what the future is going to look like. So I'm going to be speaking about the recording of the real estate transaction that we did a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And as the first person to ever record a real estate transaction on the blockchain, and as someone who is basically going to be educating a lot of the people in my industry who barely know how to use computers. 
that's 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 incredibly important for the entire cryptocurrency community to have people like you who consider themselves laymen or don't come from a technical mm -hmm. background but come from these other disparate parts of the world where bitcoin and blockchain can influence greatly you're taking that you're taking on that kind of herculean task of absorbing this and then trying to disseminate to other people and so like I'm, i would like to personally thank you for 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 doing this because it's incredibly important for bitcoin and blockchain to, to catch on and become this widespread adoption that we that we that we want yeah i've been asking my coworkers and other people in my industry you know well they've asked me oh wow you're going to this conference what is this about and when i say blockchain i just get a blank stare when i say bitcoin I would say 80% of the time people are like, oh yeah, I, I've heard of that. Isn't that what you buy drugs with online? <laughs> and that's yeah. all they know, right? Yeah. That's all they know. And there's such a PR problem. And so um, what, I, what I came up with is once they know what Bitcoin is, like if I know that they have heard of Bitcoin, what I say is blockchain, Bitcoin is, um, that's where Bitcoins live, you know? The blockchain is where bitcoins come from <laughs> and that's an easy way to explain it like internet uh like email lives on the internet you know it's just an application there's other things that live on the internet too that's how i've been explaining it to people and they get it they start to get it <laughs> i have to sort yeah. of translate into very basic explanations yeah. it's been an interesting experience well, just planting that seed into people and starting that that you know, fire of curiosity is important because once they get interested, there's a plethora of, of resources on the internet that you can learn as much as you want. But you really have to get someone excited about it to to motivate them to go learn, and that's and that's what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's impressive to see them get it once I explain it to them after 15, 20 minutes. They're like, wow, I had no idea. This technology is amazing, but it's fascinating. How many people still have never even heard of Bitcoin? Yeah, many. You know, I was going to add as I was going to add as well, you know, one of the things that we've been, um, it's, it's been a challenge, but it's also been something that we've um, been quite excited about is over the last several months, we've been really working on our, not just our copy, but making our management interface easy enough to use, vanilla enough to use, if you will, if you want to use that term, that, you know, the users who are going to be on our system, the non-techies would understand it, where they don't necessarily need to understand how the blockchain works or proof of work works or anything like that. And just kind of make it a, an easy, seamless experience for them. Very ubiquitous. You know, <laughs> nice. So, yeah. you know, that's, I, that's... I actually would like, you know, go ahead, sir. Oh, no, continue. I was just going to say, you know, the goal, the long-term goal is really for, for us, for, um, you know, blockchain and real estate to be synonymous with the word ubiquity. And of course, powered by blockchain technology on, or on the blockchain is the goal. So. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, we, I think we all, uh, us techies in the space who, who follow everything kind of now understand through the past couple of years that I think the real adoption is when companies like yourself create these applications that allow people mm -hmm. to do things that they couldn't do before or they could do before very, very easily. Like, for instance, someone changes their title over using blockchain-enabled technology, and it's it's incredibly fast and incredibly easy. And they go, wow, that was so much easier than it used to be. Why? You're like, well, it's powered by blockchain. It makes it all it makes that all happen in the background. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. We actually were mentioned 
surprise to us, it wasn't press we put out. We were mentioned in the um, in a trade publication that one of my title company friends um, showed us. She said, "Look, you're in this uh, article," and it was yeah, the, the American Land Title Association magazine. <laughs> yeah, All it right. was it was great because we're yeah. getting organic, you know, um, press that we don't even put out there that other people are catching on and writing about. Yeah, well, sidechain. Everyone misspells ubiquity. It's with a T, my friends. Did FYI, I misspell it? If you're listening. I hope I didn't. No, 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 no. This, okay. this, this, is, this is for the Wall Street Journal or New York Times when they cover us in a couple of months, just so you know, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, but anyway, that's a common mistake. Are you still going to come on our show once your Wall Street Journal uh, material? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you, I, like, I was talking a couple of days ago to uh, a couple of guys who, they're just like you guys, except they're in healthcare, they're not in real estate. But what they were telling me is, while the technology offers, uh, you know, exciting prospects for the future, streamlining, <clears throat> excuse me, such an innovative protocol with a very administration-based industry, which I imagine real estate is too, they said it's going to take several years, and that was their biggest hurdle. Do you find similar roadblocks in real estate? Like, will it take the examples of a uh, few innovative and forward thinking real estate firms to lead the way and then convince the masses that blockchain is like the correct path to take? <laughs> um, well, it, real estate is not only kind of old school in that every state has different requirements and every municipality and it's very paper intensive and it's very, it's not straightforward. There's there's certain regions of the country that have certain things that, um, like mineral rights and other things that don't exist in other parts of the country. Anyway, uh, I think that, yeah, but I think that creating a vanilla system like ours, which really just has the basics initially, and it doesn't try to replace what we have, it just simply tries to be one additional layer on top of what already exists and basically recording things starting now so that going forward it's like a snowball you know once the records build and build and build then you'll have a clean a cleaner record of <laughs> those titles and those records and it is it is something that's going to take time actually the um victoria lemieux with the university of british columbia she is she asked us to collaborate for that specific reason because she is studying using blockchain technology for you know uh, public record storage for the people of Canada, and I think that's exciting because it's almost gonna well it's gonna be a researcher who's going to not only give us feedback but also really you know sort of put a seal of approval or not I'm assuming yes <laughs> on what we're doing and and basically recommend certain standards or certain things for the government and for those municipalities to adopt. But um, it's just going to be a natural evolution, I guess, um, depending on the country you're in, the state and municipality. Yeah. It's a different landscape in the U.S. than it is in Canada, where we have more of a linked system. I guess they use the Torrens system, and it's they have their own major databases that are linked through. So I think that would make it an easier integration, should we approach um, you know, the people who are running this. It's definitely in the plans. But it's got to be bottom-up. It's going to be a bottom-up approach from each municipality, each county, each mm -hmm. city. So and how do you motivate? How do you motivate people to 
to start that approach? I mean, how do you get them to to take that leap forward into something that's so strange to someone else? But you know, we like we know it's innovative, but people who have no idea, how do you convince them that this is something that they should try and get into? I would, you know, I would say. Uh, sorry, I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say that actually, like, you know, a big part of that is is education. Um, we're working on a lot of marketing material to make that happen. Um, having people like Marina and and like Joe from Priority Title who can really act as um, spokespeople for this to be able to speak that language and, and bridge that communication gap, I think will be very important. Um, our newsletters, um, just the education and sharing things through our social media, I think is a good start. Um, Showing the use cases that we are starting to create, you know, my um, recording, my sale onto the blockchain, and then the yeah. things that we're going to do going forward. Showing use cases, and actually there already is interest from, you know, the state of Vermont, from several big municipalities yeah. that themselves have reached out to us, county recorders and um, people. Gone for deeds, <laughs> don't forget him. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, politicians and county recorders looking to save money for taxpayers and make things more efficient and, you know, just kind of run on a platform of cleaning up government like every other politician <laughs> runs on. <laughs> so, uh, but there are some innovative people out there who have actually researched it on their own and are actually looking for people who can help them, yeah. help them shine in the citizen's eyes, you know, as being the ones that brought cleaner, less expensive, more efficient technology to the archaic system. Do you have uh, yeah. like a shining example of, uh, of, of that happening to you that you could kind of, kind of really exemplifies? I, I mean, I guess I would start by saying that, you know, what I like to do, and you guys probably see, see this all the time, is I'm the one running the Ubiquity Twitter account. So mm -hmm. I like to have fun, sometimes a little bit too much fun. <laughs> so I saw a gentleman named uh, John Keith, who's uh, who's actually running for Register of Deeds in Suffolk County, Massachusetts. And he said, you know, I'm running, I want to clean up um, the registers of deeds. My my opponent is, you know, like a hack and, and all this funny stuff. So I tweeted <laughs> him, I said, well... Yeah, you know, I said, would you ever using technology? And back and said, in my first hundred days uh, as register of deeds, I'll put a working group together on blockchain technology and real estate. So I said, okay, let's talk. So we've been in contact with him as well. All right. All right. Twitter yeah. for the win again. <laughs> Twitter for the win, yes. And uh, Marina, do you want to maybe talk a little bit about Cook County? Well, we've had several municipalities, you know, Nathan, you've spoken to Vermont, the uh, Secretary of State there, and yeah. Cook County Recorder of Deeds. I mean, we've had, you know, believe it or not, politicians and uh, <laughs> uh, government employees actually are looking to shine, obviously, for their own, um, you know, uh, benefit as well as it, it'll benefit us, and they're reaching out to figure out ways to modernize the systems that they are a part of and and save taxpayer money and look good in the eyes of you know their state and their municipalities and their constituents you know it, um i've been speaking with james condo secretary of state of vermont and um you know he said that there's going to be a formal rfp process that will begin or he's excuse me he said if and when it happens that um to let us know so he gave me the process on, on how to do that and we're very interested of course in working with them and any state in order to reduce costs and manual efforts and inefficiency all, and corruption and you know all that kind of stuff 
they're all dipping their toes into these waters while we are doing private sector things like you know showing use cases like recording my transaction partnering with title a title company to basically show them that and this is something really good and it'll take a little while for government to come around that's like turning the titanic but mm -hmm. they are dipping their toes into these waters so that's exciting that's really on their good. own and reaching out to us <laughs> and when you're or, or, go ahead nathan <laughs> Are we, the, are we the iceberg? Or are yeah. we, no. We're disrupting their uh, archaic systems. Yeah, I guess we are the iceberg. When you interface with these with these people, when they when they when they come to you, are they? Do you find yourself giving your, like having to do a lot of Bitcoin education, like before they can even get to how what you're trying to do works? They really kind of have to have some type of working knowledge of. A blockchain and Bitcoin. Do you find yourself having like almost like a a uh, mini education session on what is Bitcoin? Why is it useful? Before you can even get into why how your application fits into what they do. No, if they come no. to us, they're already educated. That's why they're coming to us. That's There's awesome. not a lot. There's a few. There's only a few. Don't get me wrong. It's not you know a groundswell, but it's a, it's a start. Yeah, but think about so, how much yeah, different yeah, that yeah. is than a year, a couple years ago, or a year ago and how much education was necessary in order yeah. to even just start the conversation. Yeah. You know, one, one of the things that just keeps coming up in my mind is October of 2014 when I went to Coins in the Kingdom in Florida, and I was sitting out, hanging out with Andreas Antonopoulos and a whole bunch of really awesome people, having drinks, smoking cigars, and we were talking about the non-financial uses of applications of the blockchain. And at that time, no one was talking about it. Pretty much 2015, no one was talking about it to the end of the year. And I mean, the only people who were really talking about blockchain and real estate were us and, and you know, maybe a few other people within the community. Now it's like a huge topic. No. <laughs> it's, it's pretty nice to be able to be no. ahead of the curve and to be able to help people, help educate. Are you uh, familiar with Jeff Garzik? I am familiar with Jeff Garzik. Is he, yes, is I am. He, uh, is he on your side or is he a competitor? Do you, do you know about this? He's building a, a real estate investment fund on the blockchain? Um, I know that he's advisors to some projects on the blockchain. I know that uh, folks, uh, Ragnar from IBREA and, and has a startup that's doing some things. Uh, he's an advisor to them. Uh, I wasn't familiar with his fund. Would you, can you tell me more about that? No, I can't. Just read a little headline <laughs> about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, awesome. if, I, if I'm reading anything real estate blockchain, it's you guys. But I just saw a passing article and I was just like, huh, other people are, are kind of getting into the pond with them. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know uh, what level, if it was a big deal or not. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have to look into it a little bit more. Um, it's a small space and it's such a growing space that I think even competition. Um, I think competition is good because it sort of, you know, right. Um, we all have to educate. We all, there's a huge amount of business out there. So it yeah. more competition simply is going to make us all better and help this whole thing kind of take over faster. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess besides that, we just we're we're looking forward to some other conferences that are happening up here in 2017. So uh, I know that Coin Telegraph is putting on a conference in Germany. Mm -hmm. um, talking to some folks in Singapore as well. I'm just trying to coordinate that right now. So there's nothing official. So we're quite excited about you know our speaking engagements happening in in 2017. I think you have one meeting, right? 
Pardon me? You have one in Munich, right? Yeah, that's the one in Munich, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. Their folks reached out. And I've been a big supporter of Cointelegraph since its inception. I've been quoted on them because they're always going to, trying to ask for expert advice. And they've, it's funny because over um, over the years, they'd ask me questions about things I have no idea about, you know, the industries that I've never worked in. And I just kind of, I don't know, have a drink and just say some things and then they'd use it. <laughs> so, it, it they made me sound smart, I guess. Yeah, You're being like, humble, Nathan. Nathan gets tapped for interviews all the time. You're in a couple yeah. of books now. He's famous. Oh, <laughs> Blockchain. <Yeah. laughs> Definitely. Um, Mastering Bitcoin, Unlocking Digital Cryptocurrencies by Ian DiMartino. So he quoted me in there as well. Oh. Some other articles. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I'll be looking to go to a few uh, conferences over the next year. Uh, Coin that Cointelegraph is one I'll be looking to try to get it. The one in... Munich. That's what I've been trying oh, to get fantastic. into. So maybe we'll see you there, and we can make up for the uh, the loss of seeing you guys at Bitfinity. Yeah, a lot of people were pretty disappointed about that. But you know, I, I think what's interesting about this this community too, if even if you look back a few years ago, it was just meetups or a bunch of people getting together, you know, um, having dinner and stuff, talking about Bitcoin and how excited they were. And now there's serious conferences happening, probably what every month now. Yeah, there's quite a few. You can just go on, go on, like search Bitcoin conferences 2017, and there's a whole list of them, and and they're all in different spaces, which is something that I really like to see. It's not all the exact same conversations with the exact same people every time. I don't yeah, know. I miss the meetups though, because the conferences are just people that know about it already that are just trying to learn yeah. a little bit more. But the meetups for me was like, you know, sometimes you can get people that are in the dark and don't know about it. So I kind of miss the small yeah. groups. Oh, they're definitely still happening. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, I guess I could officially say I'm, I've agreed to do this. Uh, I'm going to be starting up the first uh, blockchain and real estate meetup in Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, the goal is for late November um, to sort of be a sort of a sister or a, uh, I guess a foreign blockchain real estate meetup to the DC ones that we've been running. Um, we'll be going to bring those ones back as well pretty soon. Yeah, if you're in DC, I'll oh, be there. Awesome. So what, are, what are your expectations on that? Well, I mean, I would say because of real estate being so huge in, in Vancouver and then there's this large bubble that hasn't yet popped, uh, that it'll be quite exciting. We have a very large Bitcoin community in Vancouver. A lot of people who come from Toronto will come to our meetups. Uh, a lot of the Ethereum people have been out um, doing presentations and things. And of course, with uh, Vanbex, which is a company, a marketing company for Bitcoin and blockchain, they're out there uh, in, well, out here, I guess I could say. And um, yeah, we have some of the biggest meetups. Some of the first people who were into Bitcoin were here. Uh, we had the first Bitcoin ATM in the world in Vancouver as well. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Canada we has some history. Been, been uh, forward thinking in, in, in the Bitcoin space for quite a while. I mean, that's been a hub for, for Bitcoin. Yeah, it sure has. So and I I'll make sure my recording of my speech is uh, disseminated through the layman community of real estate. Yeah, for real. That's, <laughs> so that's, I'll that's do my part. Just as important, if not more, to try and try and spread the word to people who haven't heard about this type of stuff and make them realize that it can change a lot of things and it's worth looking into for I mean, almost anything. There's a there's so many aspects that cryptocurrency touches that can be changed for the better. It's just a matter yeah. of time before we have people who spend time in figuring out how to do it. And that's really what's the, the only thing that's holding it back is a lot of people spending real legitimate time 
trying to make yeah. what they know how to do better using Bitcoin and blockchain. And yeah. not just in an echo chamber of techies, but actually, you know, yes. spread it to, right. <laughs> to the folks. And, and there's a lot of work to do too. I mean, it's, you take a look at say some of the, the banks that are looking into blockchain technology. And then of course you see, you know, uh, maybe uh, uh, tweets from Andreas Antonopoulos and others who are saying, well, what they're trying to build is not tenable. And then you have that concept, like I think it was Money 2020, quote the person's large company that said, um, oh yeah, we, we trade hundreds of blockchains on our platform. And he, what he meant to say was altcoins. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if you heard that quote. Um, yeah, I miss quote. Stuff like that. Put you in a put you in a bad place pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because once people get caught up with all the current terminology, then it's like, oh, now I have to learn what Zcash is. Now I don't even know what this is. And then it's it's just <laughs> yes. Yeah, you got to constantly be on the on just the know. You have to know. You have well, to know. Well, exactly. Especially with a lot of the scams that are going on and a lot of the pump and dumps that you see with uh, some of the ICOs that are happening, I think it's kind of challenging. To find out well what is legitimate what's not because i think that there are a lot of really great projects that are out there that are doing icos that may get a bad rap because of that because of the pump and dumps that happen with all coins well how yeah. do you feel so, you need uh, like, someone can educate themselves or or like where do you go to find the information that, to make things valid are you reading white papers or do you have a certain source of information that you like to go to that helps you kind of sort through the trash uh, you mean my, myself? Yeah, yourself. Um, just uh, basically newsletters. Um, I, I really, whenever I'm confused about something and it's to a computer science level, I go to my one of my good friends, Blake Anderson. Um, I may have heard of him. He's a yeah. very oh, yeah. big crypto guy. We know Blake. Yeah, yeah. Blake, Blake's one of my best friends. He's he's an advisor to Ubiquity as well and does stuff and you know, computer science backgrounds. So whenever I go to him, I say, is this tenable? <laughs> and he'll give me the yay or the nay. Um, but generally, I, I will go to, you know, I'm on some groups. I read a lot of uh, LinkedIn blockchain groups. I just joined a, a LinkedIn blockchain group recently. And mostly just, you know, friends and I chatting on the phone, you know, sharing the latest news. Um, I know the Zcash thing was a, a big one that I was very public about. Yeah. <laughs> I had a few uh, <laughs> comments on your, on your, on your, your uh, posts. Yeah. What do you guys think about Zcash? Or as we say in Canada, Zcash. Zcash. I feel that it is very interesting in terms of introducing privacy in a in a, in a different way than Monero does to the cryptocurrency <clears throat> space. I don't know which of those two will end up winning based on what they have to offer because Zcash has a, requires quite a bit of computational effort to actually enable the privacy, but it may scale better or allow for more functionality like atomic functionality that Monero can't quite do. Mm -hmm. So it's really almost a... up to the environment, the, the separate environments of those two, of those two coins and how they get implemented into something like Ethereum or, or something like that with a tooling around them that may be the driving force that for the adoption around them. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to, I'm, I was just a little curious about that founder's tax. Well, were yeah. you silent for 35 minutes? No, nope, he just come? joined us. He just joined us and snuck <laughs> That's in. That's right. That's right. Hop in. Come in like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. 
<laughs> I want to know about that founder's text, brother. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that's what's kind of it sparks my interest there. What's their motivation with the Zcash thing? Did they put a very shiny package of this is great because everybody privacy uh, can't see your transactions. It's the money everyone needs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that nice shiny wrapping under a package of we're just trying to get paid because we actually coded in there a, f- a founders creators tax where every single Zcash, what are they even called? Zs? Z. Z. <laughs> Whatever they're called, they get twenty percent of it. That tapers down to well five percent. Let's ask this. Let's ask the question of whether or not do they deserve? Say, for instance, they end up being innovative, right? And they create something for the community or the world that is used worldwide. Why don't they deserve to make money off of that and and become relatively financially wealthy? Really financially wealthy off something innovative up to society to decide if their creation is enough for them to be given value for it, not them coding in value to from the jump and saying, hey, this thing that we made is awesome and we deserve value from, to, from it. Isn't no, that what a to... private business is? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> it's, I mean, the price to me, <laughs> the, the price of Z of their their coin was incredibly high. I mean, wow, I was blown oh, away. Yeah. It, it dropped ninety nine percent in two and a half, or in a half. I guess a day and a half. Yeah, thirty three hundred Bitcoin, so like one point five. Quality in existence. Say what? Bill? It's it's so encrypted that you can't even you don't know how much is even out there. You can't see the quantity in existence at any point. Yeah. Well, so the drop in price kind of says the market has spoken, right? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Boom shot a lot. Also, I mean, like, and that's a, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, I think that's one of the big benefits of using Bitcoin is the public ledger that shows the transactions. You know, Absolutely. If, if one wants to have, you know, privacy away from, say, you know, investigation of a forensic accounting or something like that, or the FBI. Couldn't they just use, and you know, correct my ignorance here, but couldn't they just use mixers and other ways of um, hiding their transactions in some way? Yeah, you know, privacy through obfuscation uh, techniques like that are getting are getting better and better. Also, the forensics around those types of things may also be getting better and better. Right. Uh, I think the the right approach is to have a public ledger that enables some type of privacy along with it. Like this, this complete privacy mm-hmm. is like, I mean, by, by complete, I mean, everything's complete. It's really hard for you to have a market around it, which kind of is what drives the price of the coin you're trading. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying, what, what I view things as is, okay, don't we just need to work really hard to make Bitcoin not, like traceable back to an individual because you know if you can look on a ledger and see hey some fat cat bought a giant mansion good for him what what does it matter as long as we can't get it back to who that fat cat is right it can be public information is you know just accessible to the people that need to access it like 
hey, I'm this fat cat talking to my accountant. Here's the transaction ID. Now they know what they need to know. But if you're just some random Joe, you're just going to say like, hey, somebody just spent a lot of money. What happens when one person, what happens when that person, that fat cat screws up in like a minuscule way and attaches a a, a part of his identity to that address or that transaction or whatever his, uh, his, all of his friends alienate him and call him an idiot. Well, like, like the guy who um, tried to send a small amount of Bitcoin, but put a large uh, transaction fee on it. You remember that one? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of like if you're going to interact in the market and then know what you're doing or accept the fact that sometimes there'll be an accident, but it's sort of just is what it is, right? It's personal responsibility. And if you don't know what you're doing or if you're not careful, then you're going to lose your money or you're going to lose your Bitcoin or it's like anything else. If you leave your wallet on a bench in the park, it'll get stolen. Yep. And now it. you just you have the ability yeah. to stare at the person who stole it for the rest of your life and not do anything about it. Which... <laughs> right. <Gotta get> <laughs> um, you know, in, in terms of end, end users and stuff, or or just regular people using Bitcoin to do transactions and trying to be somewhat anonymous, that I'm always reminded of the young guy that, as a, as the legend goes, in 2013, he basically flew from Europe with a whole bunch of Bitcoin. And went to the ATM and just basically emptied out the ATM. And the ATM operators had to basically get the old bank to come there, the people to service it and fill it up with money because he was just emptying it. He put it into a suitcase and drove away and flew back to Europe with a bunch of cash. Wow. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he did that somewhat anonymously. Ooh. Mm. I wish I could be that guy. Yeah, yeah. I want to be that guy. I like money. <laughs> I, like I think Treat most friends. of I think most people are not as concerned about privacy. I mean, I am, and we are, but I think consumers and users, it's more of a convenience than anything else. You know. Um, well, that that begs the question of uh, does Bitcoin need to, or any other whatever becomes the main thing need to be pigeonholed into a single use case, or can it be general purpose enough to accommodate? all of the people who care about all the things like it can accommodate the people who really care about privacy in some aspect or can it and can it also accommodate the people who just don't really give a shit you know i feel like when you generalize the technology you you allow all of the different types of people to interact with that technology however they want to without sacrificing the capabilities of the technology right Mm -hmm. yeah and it's unfortunately, it really depends on what circles or what industry you ask, you know, what the benefits of Bitcoin would be, or even the, the technology of blockchain. And they, people tend to put it into like the pigeonhole and they put it into one use case. Whereas we try to look at Bitcoin as not just, you know, being having a protocol which could be used for real estate transactions or other industries, but also it's like, you know, it's a currency, it's a protocol, it's a store of value, it's a medium of exchange, it's, it's a whole lot of things. It can, can be a vote in an election. <laughs> Where you can. put your title. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Satoshi Nakamoto, 2016. Vote him in. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're lucky you start to deal with Trump being your president, potentially. You're in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, corn, and I'm watching from afar. Well, That's half it. the country's moving to Canada, whichever half. That's true. So you're in. <laughs> I can have a large amount of Next people moving week. in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they always say that every year. It just never happens. You've been waiting. Yeah. 
I'll be happy to sell all their homes. <laughs> yeah, I've actually seen quite a few billboards, uh, like as I'm yeah. driving on the road of like, are you worried about the election? Let me sell your home. Or like, like moving to Canada? Yeah. Let me sell your home. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, my company sends out like auto emails to my leads. Me, you know, follow up with them. And one of the emails was something along those lines, you know, don't forget to vote. And then if you don't like the outcome, you know, we have uh, affiliates in 65 countries will help you find a new place to live. <laughs> I thought it was really funny that, that my company put that out on my behalf. <laughs> you've got you've got marketing gold from like the next i don't know four to eight years just yeah <laughs> that is true well I, I, think, uh... um, I think bitcoin really just needs to be or blockchain technology in general but i mean bitcoin being the oldest we just have a pr problem you know what i mean it's the most yeah. uh it's been around the longest it's the most used the most widely used and it's also the most misunderstood and um i yeah. think you know we should all sort of focus on the lay people misunderstanding it i asked i think yeah. the other day if they knew what bitcoin was and she said didn't they discontinue that yeah. <laughs> i just i didn't know how to answer that i was like who's they discontinued what the ceo <laughs> so of bitcoin shut that down you yeah. said, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, now you can get it on clearance for the low it's... price of seven hundred dollars." <laughs> now go get one. Go buy one at Radio Shack. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing to hear what people think it is. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's an interesting thing for Ubiquity as well because we, you know, we we try to say we are blockchain agnostic. I mean, we're always open to whatever technologies are the best or best for for our platform. Um, of course, we are using Kulu's API, which links into color coins, which uses a the Bitcoin blockchain, and um, it has been getting easier over the last several months, especially with the DAO having their security issues and and the problems, especially the fact that you know technologies like Ethereum are so new. Um, it has been getting easier, and I think Bitcoin's PR problem has been going away, um, especially with the price going up over time, and you're seeing a lot more adoption, a lot more money going into it, and, and therefore the market cap going up. Um, you know, back in January and February when we mentioned, yeah, we're looking at probably using the Bitcoin blockchain, everyone was like, no, you got to use Ethereum or you got to use something else. And it, you know, it has been getting easier, but I do agree that it has a, uh, a PR problem. So if there's anything that we can do to, to help fix that, we'll definitely do our best through our marketing efforts. What about that, uh, what about that protocol that Kulu colored? Did you all have a choice on what protocol Marina could have used to record her purchase onto the blockchain because I'm kind of I don't know too much about protocol so was there a choice for you guys to use well just I mean our platform had been built around using Kulu's API uh, it just made it easier to register the assets um, over color coins so we just did that because that's what our system is set up to do currently and then uh, the transaction got recorded onto the Bitcoin blockchain right, and I simply recorded it like a regular layperson would even though I do understand the background I uh, simply used what we had you want yeah, to show that anyone can do it, regardless of, you know, if you understand it or not, you want to make mm -hmm. it feel like anyone who doesn't understand it has the capabilities to do the same thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Being, being able to take more than just Bitcoin is important as well for the platform, which uh, well, we do have the ability to do. So, um, you know, industry is not going to want to necessarily pay Bitcoin, like people within, you know, say um, a e-recording company or, or a large title insurance company would likely, you know, likely pay with a bank transfer or credit card. And we'll certainly take that and 
transferred into Bitcoin for our platform. So, so it's a seamless experience for them and uh, helps us. But as the people, that, people in my industry, like the person whose property I actually recorded, he didn't know anything about the blockchain. He just saw that his name was, you know, that, that the recording had happened and online for many weeks, the only place you could see that he was the new owner of the property was on the recording that we made and the city tax records hadn't been updated it for probably over a month so it was funny because we were the most correct record for a very long time yeah. until the city yeah. actually updated it so they were slow and um all he understood was this was an accurate record of you know his transaction it was also recorded with the city but the city still had the bank as the owner because he had bought a foreclosure so Danny and freddie there's <laughs> a there's a lot more white space in this market to be explored uh, before we get out of here in 2017. Is there anything aside from, you know, Germany, Abu Dhabi and, and everything else? Is, what's next for you guys? What's going on? Well, you know, next for us is is really the fundraising efforts uh, that we're doing. We've been really working uh, strong on our on our basically our strategic marketing and getting that all uh, straightened out and really working with industry players, the partnerships um, we've been We've been in direct talks with investors, the angel investors, for what we're doing, um, getting some meetings lined up, and really just being able to get it to the next step where we can um, uh, build a platform that scales. You know, right now it works. Right now it's it's an alpha or uh, it's a it's a vanilla alpha system. We want to be able to make it so that in several months from now we could actually build onboard many many users and large players within the industry. To say a few months maybe is a stretch, but certainly that's our long-term goal, and um, that's that's right now. This yeah. baby is just starting to walk or crawl, I should say. We yeah. we need some additional money to make it walk, and yeah. we're doing our part to get some more press. And we're going to be studied by a researcher for the use for the people of Canada. So that should also help give us a seal of approval and refine yeah. what we have. Yeah, absolutely. And with well, our partners like the, yeah, I guess in last but not least, but like the, our partners at the Agentic Group have really been helping us out. They're a New York based organization that promotes blockchain technology and Bitcoin uh, with some of the conferences coming up as well and new partnerships and just the, the sheer interest we've gotten alone um, is going to be great. Um, we're going to be, I, maybe I shouldn't say which organization is going to be interviewing us, but it's going to be some major, major press coming up here very shortly that I think is going to help us um, out as well. Nice. Well, are you guys ready for the uh, the Bitcoin podcast challenge of the century of the week? It is Marina's turn this time. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> what time of the year? You, well, uh, you asked last time. I'll have to think of something more creative this time. Well, Marina, in 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? <laughs> Oh my goodness. I mean, last time I said it was the best thing since sliced bread. I don't know how you can beat that, but I'll try. <laughs> You're at 40 <laughs> words right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know what? I'm going to volley it back to Nathan. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh yeah. How about this? How about I... this? Changing the world one block at a time. That's your motto, sir. That's that's disqualification. You guys are disqualified. <laughs> Damn it! You have been reading my newsletter. Thank I've you. I've been reading it. There you go. <laughs> DQ. DQ. 
Well, you get one more volley. I think in volleyball, you get three touches, right? After That's three right. touches, it's a fault. So okay, back, back to Marina. Right back to Marina. A, um, Bitcoin. Damn. <laughs> that, was, that was a thought noise right there. <laughs> uh, revolutionary technology that will... Ah, no, I'm sorry. Scratch that. You're going to have to edit this. <laughs> no edits. Let's, let's edit say anything. this. Let's say this. The penicillin to the old school archaic systems of the world. All right. Mm, nice. I like that. Cleaning it up. I think that's, that's still below 10 words, too. I like that a lot. And no one's ever used that analogy before. No. Nope. Like, it's cleaning shit up and making shit just going to make shit better. Gonna yeah. One block at a time. Yeah, Marina's good with her analogies. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you guys for again. By. I bridge the gap. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. We will be in touch. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you guys. Hey, you take care. Yeah, that's bye right. for now. Okay.